the Youth Worker Collective Podcast. We have your back with everything from games, lessons, and coaching. YouthworkerCollective.com. Welcome to the Youth Worker Collective Podcast. I'm Jeremy Steele, and I'm here with Wendy Moeller-Seib. She is the Director of Faith Formation at the Institute for Discipleship at Southwestern College. And uh, she's here to talk to us uh, about calling. And specifically today, we're going to talk about um, how we uh, how we address calling in practical terms and how we do youth ministry. Uh, we th- this is one of the primary tasks of this season of life is for people to understand who they are and how they fit in the world. What is what what the heck are they supposed to do with their life? Um, and so. Uh, you know, I feel like the best youth ministry is the youth ministry that really makes sure it hits on all of those developmental goals and milestones um, in the way we do this. And, and calling is a big part of that. So, uh, Wendy, thank you for being on. And, um, you know, I, I'm curious, um, you know, when you look at a youth ministry program overall, um, where do you feel like is the primary place that most people begin addressing calling? Oh, man. Well, I think the starting place is a foundational understanding that God is the caller. You know, we talked about that. We've talked about that. But I think if there is, if that doesn't happen early on, like an Mm -hmm. understanding that God is going to speak to you, and this is part of why we study the scripture. This Mm -hmm. is why we engage in prayer. This is why we attend worship and Bible study. And this is why we attend to the means of grace. Mm -hmm. Um, We do this as a way to to start to recognize God's voice in our lives. Because a lot of uh, the work I do at the Summit um, Youth Academy is all geared around vocational discernment. And we start everything there which is a foundational understanding that God is speaking. So how do you recognize God's voice? And one of the somewhat discouraging learnings that I've had is many of this, these are only juniors and seniors that come to our program at Southwestern Mm -hmm. and many of them, they're really unsure and not very confident about what is the voice of God, what Mm -hmm. is not the voice of God. And so I, I think you know, that is one place that the church can really help serve young people. And when they do it really well, then young people are hearing from a lot of different people um, how they recognize God's voice, how they encounter God in the scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's just a really, it's sometimes it's the most fundamental things I think that we accidentally overlook in youth ministry. Yeah. Um, so I think in our best, in our best case scenario, young people are encountering it from a very early age of we practice these means of grace. Um, we, we practice encountering God so that we can recognize God's presence and God's voice, and we can ultimately follow God in the direction God calls us. And, and then we do that by enhancing the practices. And then the community of faith affirms, affirms the voice of God in the lives of young people. Mm, yeah. I, I know that for me, one of the one of the tools I've used in the past to begin that discussion um, is uh, the animated movie "The Prince of Egypt." Um, mm-hmm. So there's this moment um, in the movie where Moses is going in, and 
um, this the the burning bush scene, and he's in there and he hears the voice of God, um, and and I have students close their eyes and listen, um, and I ask them what they have what they notice about the voice of God in the story, and and almost yeah. always somebody says it's the same voice because the actor hmm. that, that is Moses is also the actor that is the voice of God. Um, right. And I, I think that's a helpful beginning place to tell students that when you're beginning to listen for the voice of God, it can sound very much like your voice in your head. And, um, right. and, and, and to kind of dispel the sort of booming voice from on high myth, right? Yes. Um, I, I think over and over we have to dispel those myths that um, – what you, you made me think of a book by a guy named uh, – I think it's Jeffrey Nefsay maybe. Mm -hmm. it, it's it's a – gosh, I'm going to really be really frustrated if I can't find it. But I think it's called The Sacred Voice Within. Mm -hmm. And he talks about how that the voice of God is deep within us. Yeah. And part of what we do is we need to silence ourselves. And, and he ultimately doesn't really, if I read it correctly, I don't think he really differentiates God's voice that much from ours. It's when right. we really are surrendered to God's voice, then the way we were created at the very beginning was that our voice would ultimately be in line with the voice of the creator. And so, mm -hmm. but that takes... That takes a surrendering of the will right. um, and the, the flesh to be able to say, <laughs> oh, yeah, deep inside me, that is what I also ultimately want and recognize as good for me, even though on the outside, maybe it doesn't feel like the best thing or what I really want <laughs> in the moment, you know? Right. Um, yeah, there's, that, uh, that, that, there's a passage in John 10 that talks about um, the, the sheep know the voice of the shepherd and, and, right. um, they've become familiar with it. And, um, and I think that's part of it, right? It's, it's right. That when you practice that, when you practice listening, you get better and better at hearing, right? Yes. Um, so, and I think in yeah. youth ministry, we, we, we have to get more intentional about creating space for that. We, uh, we must create space for silence for our young people. Mm -hmm. And then I think we, ha we have um, an obligation as teachers, as pastors to them to explicitly teach them how to yeah. quiet their soul, how to stop, how to listen to that sacred voice uh, within that's, uh, that's calling, you know, and, mm -hmm. and to, then step by step walk them through that which it takes time to do yeah. that it takes time and and i think there are a lot of easy ways we can demystify that just even in conversation it's you know we're talking about um a sibling relationship i don't have to i don't have to hear even to this day i don't have to see my sister's face or have her tell me i'm mad at you for me to know if she's irritated with me <laughs> I, you know, I, we have a lifetime of practicing and being in relationship with one another that a I know, when she, of you know, each other. <laughs> yeah, um, and bringing joy, you know, right, it's, right, it's right. a both and thing, like in the moments, you know, I, when we, which we're not together that often anymore, because we live far apart, but, but I, 
I can be on the phone with her and know if I've said something that was like, oh, that was the wrong thing to say. <laughs> because we have been in relationship and we've put ourselves in close proximity to one another over a long, long time, you know, and um, it happens when we get married with our spouses and our own children, you know, and, and we know that with our closest friends. And that's part of what happens with our relationship with God is it, it takes intentional time with God to be able to recognize God's voice. And sometimes I think it's interesting when people will say, well, I've been praying about this, but I just haven't heard God say anything or I haven't, God hasn't, you know, responded at all. And sometimes when you dig a little deeper, it's like, well, God is not a vending machine. Right. God is not the McDonald's drive through (laughs) and you tossed up a prayer in frustration when you were driving down the road and, that's really outside of the the deep longing of God's heart and the deep longing of our heart, which is to be in an intimate relationship with God and and to really trust that the presence of God is where we encounter the voice of God, which then leads us. And that takes time and practice. And I think like any, like any, you know, when I talk to this about this with teenagers, I'll, I'll ask them like the very first time that you played a sport, were you good at it? The first time you got your clarinet case out in band, were you immediately ready to go to Carnegie Hall? <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's the habits and the disciplines that we create, and I think we can um, start to help young people by by talking to them in, in their language and meeting them in their in their cultural setting and understanding of like you go to a coach to push you because some of these things I don't know many kids that would you know just go outside for fun and run suicides in their driveway because that right. sounded really good but but you go to practice and a coach pushes you and you run one extra suicide that you wouldn't you wouldn't do on your own or 20 extra suicides mm-hmm. right <laughs> because that coach is there to push you and encourage you and make you better and i think if we can help translate that in faith for young people and then and then see ourselves in that kind of coaching role i think young people could really get a taste of of the voice of god and what the presence of god is like yeah so let's talk a little bit uh, nuts and bolts about different tools that are helpful. Um, I, I know that for me, one of the things that was, is helpful to me when I'm, I'm trying to talk to teenagers specifically about prayer. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we, um, it, I, I wrote this book based on my time with teaching students about prayer called the book of everyday prayer. And mm-hmm. it's a book of hours. So, you know, there's this practice of oh. doing, um, uh, fixed hour prayer, like prayers at certain hours of the day. And so it's seven days of prayers. And then there's, you know, all of the different times in the day uh, where you pray. I, I think one of the biggest, you know, revelations um, to students is that, you know, praying off the top of your head is not the only way to pray. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and also another piece in the book, there's a section of mystical prayer practices. Um, mm-hmm. You know, prayer is not all the words that exist between dear God and amen, right? Right. There's, there's also this space for listening. And and so, I, I, the one of the tools that I've found to help students really um, uh, dig into hearing the voice of God is um, something called Lectio Divina. 
Um, mm-hmm. And it's this methodology, I, I know that you know, um, it's this methodology of reading the Bible in a way that is listening for the for God to speak. Um, and uh, there's a bunch of places you can read about that online. But, I, you know, Lectio Divina was one of those that for many, many students throughout the years uh, really helped them hone their ability to hear the voice of God. Um, what are some other practical tools um, that um, that you feel like are, it's helpful, not just in hearing the voice of God in prayer, but also, you know, this bigger idea that we're talking about of, of discerning and of vocation and, and all of that? Sure. Yeah, man, there are a lot of really good tools out there. I, you know, I think um, just a couple uh, that really get me excited. So one, I, I think the scripture is really, really important. It's, you know, John Wesley talked about as the primary means of grace is we encounter God through scripture, but scripture mm-hmm. is really hard for a lot of young people yeah. and reading is really hard. And so I think the Bible project does a great job of helping get them introduced to the Bible as a place where they mm-hmm. can encounter God. Um, I also love, there's an app called Reimagining Examine, okay. and that's E-X-A-M-E-N. Right. It's an Ignatian ancient spirituality practice of examine. And, and this has 25 different daily examine prayers. So oh, wow. each, each night or each day that you pull it up, you can have a different variation. And there are some that are really heavy and hard. And it will say, if you've had a hard day today, um, skip this one and go to another <laughs> one. But so like there, there literally is one that's called, am I ready to die today? Oh, wow. And, and it's a reflection. It's, it's a time of prayer to reflect on, um, am I living life to the fullest and am I at peace with myself and at peace with God? And so, but it also has, you know, a traditional examine where you just look at the small and the big moments of, of the last 24 hours of your day and you recognize where God has been in that. Um, so I love the Daily Examine app. Um, also, there is a great little pamphlet written by Ashley Alley Crawford. She is um, in charge of clergy recruitment at the Great Plains Annual Conference. And it's this little pamphlet called Five Cups of Coffee. And it's Hmm. on a lot of our different, um, on the UMC, different conference websites. If you Google, um, if you Google five cups of coffee and Ashley, Allie Crawford, you'll find it. And it's A-S-H-L-E-E. But it has five different conversations for an adult to have with a young person. And I've even done it in peer conversations with teenagers where I've given each of them the pamphlet. And it's over five different cups of coffee that you have a conversation. And these are all really geared to discerning your career. And I Mm -hmm. love it because I've used it in different settings. So I've used it with an adult to a youth relationship and a mentoring relationship one-on-one. I have asked youth to do that in peer relationships. And then uh, most recently, we did it at the summit every morning over breakfast in groups of four to five with an adult covenant pastor, like a small group leader. So every morning at breakfast, they had 45 minutes to an hour, and they went through there are about five questions for every every day. So, you know, if you're taking a group to church camp or you're going on a three-day retreat over meals, you could divide youth up into four or five group, you know, a group of four or five with an adult leader. And it's an adult doesn't have to prep to do it. A, a teenager doesn't have to prep to do it. It's just right. a conversation 
um, but it helps them articulate things about calling. So that's a resource I've really come to love. Um, you, you mentioned something there, and I think you mentioned it a little bit earlier, um, the, the summit. What, what is the summit? Yeah, the Senate is funded by the Lilly Endowment. We are a high school youth theology initiative program, which is a really long way of saying that we are um, a college that was identified by Lilly as a place that helps young people with vocational discernment. And so at the summit, I, I like to say that we have a rhythmic week built around learning, playing, and praying. <laughs> and so we, um, we have a very... Um, rhythmic schedule in that every morning they meet in what we call our class meetings based off of John Wesley's class meetings mm -hmm. where they go through the five cups of coffee. And then they have a couple hours of theological education with seminary professors and college professors. And then we do noonday prayer. Mm -hmm. And then in the afternoons, we, we, most of the afternoons are, we have a rest time for an hour and then we do different, um, just fun activities, hammocks, going to the local coffee shop, going right. to the pool, playing volleyball, different fun play things. And then, um, in the evenings we have worship and then they go into, um, Wesleyan band meetings where they're in groups of three, same gender with a college student. And in those band meetings, they do, um, they answer questions like, where did you encounter God today? How did you hear God speak to you today? And how did you respond? Mm -hmm. um, were there any times today that you ignored the voice of God in your life? And then what is your plan for tomorrow? So it's a modified band meeting. And then late at night, we usually do um, big group activities. And then this year we incorporated, and this is a very practical thing that I think any youth pastor um, could do. We incorporated two nights where we entered the grand silence. So they left worship at 8.30 and we broke silence um, at 8 a.m. the next morning with a psalm. And then they went immediately into their class meetings. Um, and that was really powerful to have 12 hours of no phones with them and silence, but silence in community. So um, I got a lot of feedback, mm -hmm. uh, some of it mixed, but for some of the young people, they said that was the most powerful experience of the whole week. So that's that's what we do. And and within the week, we do a lot around uh, a lot of our classes and things are around how do you discern your career um, that God is calling you to. So there are programs all over the country. We're not the only one. There are 93 right. programs across the U.S. So. And uh, and where can they find those 93 programs? Is there a list somewhere? Oh, you know what? I think there is, but I... I don't know. <laughs> I think I would Google, if you Google high school youth theology initiatives, you should uh -huh. be able to find it. There are programs like the Duke Youth Academy. Um, I know Huntington down in Alabama has the Huntington Leadership Academy. Mm -hmm. Those are and there's the ones one of them that's my like, mind right now. I, I remember I was in one, I think there was one uh, maybe in the Carolinas um, that's got like a Sasquatch on it as their logo or something crazy. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, there's all kinds of really great. They're literally all over the country, yeah. and they are in lots of different denominations. So I know like uh, Kaleo is two hours down the road from us here in Kansas. It's a Quaker mm -hmm. program. And then up the road, the Nazarene School has um, at the Mid-American Nazarene in Kansas City. I can't think of the name of their program, but um, the, the Catholic churches, the Peace Traditions, Evangelical churches, and Mainline Protestant churches, um, you know, are or schools all over the country have them. So mm -hmm. uh, I think a quick Google search would 
get you there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a really great resource is something that you're involved in as well uh, called the the Timothy Circle. And, and I like it because it's not just it's not just about youth workers or youth or, uh, you know, parents. It's kind of it's really a, a full stack, you know, right. solution, you know. Right. So the Timothy Circle is a project that was birthed out of the Institute for Discipleship. And we had a realization that if a young person is really passionate about playing the violin or they're really passionate about swimming, there are always coaches and people that come alongside them that can help them know how to pursue that. And we wanted young people who are really passionate about following God to know what are ways that they can um, they really are intentional about pursuing that and discerning calling. So we have a, a part of the Timothy circle is dedicated to teenagers and exploring calling. And we have an online, um, it's like a virtual map where they can go through different steps and they can do different discernment practices mm-hmm. uh, to think about career calling. So, and we also have a mentor training for mentors. It's a four week online class to train adults um, in congregations to help come alongside young people. And then we also have resources for parents. Um, You know, we find a lot of times that when a young person experiences a calling um, into a career in ministry, uh, parents are often the first ones to say like, whoa, that's, (laughs) I don't know about that. (laughs) So we are hoping to demystify some of the things that, that cause, you know, pause that give pause to pursuing um careers in ministry so we have space for ministers eat more than ramen noodles you know (laughs) that's correct yes we do we do we can't afford vacations and we do have health insurance and um when we're really responsible we take care of getting a pension and retirement stuff in place too so um, yeah, so I, I think it's a great resource for some in, in the early stages of it. It's available at www.timothycircle.com. And one of the other cool resources on it that I didn't mention um, is we have a space that we're developing where a young person wants to explore parts of their calling. So let's just say they want some sort of a summer internship and they want to work, work at a church camp and they want it to be located in the Northwest. We are building a huge database and we have started it, but we're continuing to add to it always where a a high school student or a college student could go online and they could, you know, they could select some different filters about summer internships and opportunities and then find four or five places they might apply to work for the summer that would help them um, help them in that discernment process because experiencing different aspects uh, of using their gifts is, is part of the discernment process. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being with us, uh, Wendy. If um, if somebody is trying to um, see more about you and your work, what's the best place for them to find you online? Uh, probably the best place is at the Summit Youth Academy, uh, www.summityouthacademy.com. My email is there and my cell phone number is there. And I am happy uh, to field any questions or conversations. Thank you again. And, you know, when you sit down as a youth 
uh, worker and you, you get online to, to work, I, I know it can feel um, uh, lonely. It can feel like you're doing that by yourself. Um, but we want you to know that you are not alone, that, that we've got your back with games and coaching and lessons and really everything you need on the content side of things um, at the Youth Worker Collective. And uh, so you can find all that at youthworkercollective.com and you can find more podcasts like this one at youthworkercollective.com slash podcast. Mm-hmm.